I'm ready for today. I, I've got a, a message that um, I haven't spoken before, which is great. I haven't really even spoken on this topic, haven't used this verse before. And uh, I, I refer to it every now and then. And, and a couple of weeks ago, who knows, we've been in counterculture, which has just been awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, worship team. We've been in counterculture. And there's a few times that I refer to uh, Matthew 6, uh, the Lord's Prayer. And um, so I was thinking, well, that is the most countercultural scripture you could ever have. As we come into counterculture and as we actually finish up this month, we've got to realize is that the kingdom of God is countercultural to this world. Have you realized that? Have you ever opened your Bible and thought, man, how, how does this even work? It's like when pop culture says take, God says give. Who's worked that one out yet? When pop culture says sue for what has been robbed, heaven says bless your enemies. When culture says defend yourself, plead your case, heaven says I will fight for you you need only be still. Heaven says, love those who hate you, pray for those who persecute you. Heaven says, those who try to save their lives will lose it. And those who lose their lives for my sake will find it. Who, who reads that and you're like, God, I think you've got it all wrong. Like sometimes I'm like, God, come on, if only I could be God for a day, we'd sort this place out. <laughs> Anyone ever had those thoughts? Okay, it's only me, sorry. You're all so pure and holy and you love God so much that you're just like, God, your will be done. But as I was thinking about this and uh, we're going to go into the Lord's Prayer, I, I started reading up on this and started thinking about the whole process. How, how does God even come, or Jesus came, to teaching the disciples about prayer? Out of all the things the disciples could have asked Jesus about in the time that he was on earth, what did, he, what did they ask him? They asked him not how to eat, not how to walk a thousand miles, but how to pray. If Jesus was here right now, what would be the first thing that you would ask him? Would it be about how to pray? Probably not. I'd be asking, how did I get such a hot wife? It's <laughs> a valid question. But, but I'd be asking, you'd, I, that would be probably the last thing from my mind, spending time with Jesus. And then, but... I look at these disciples, the disciples would have seen him duck off into a quiet place and start to pray. The disciples would have seen him slip away early in the morning, on his knees, spending time with the Father. The disciples seen him a number of times climb a hill just to be with God. And so for being three years with Jesus and this time that they'd spent with him, they'd come to one conclusion, prayer must be important. Prayer must be important. And so today I want to have a look at this scripture. So if we can just chuck it up. Matthew chapter 6. And for most of us, how many of us don't know the Lord's Prayer in this place? Most of us have heard it. Most of us have 
spoken it, have recited it, have read it. And it says this, it says, In this manner therefore pray, he says to the disciples, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil, the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. Amen. How many of us actually pray like that in our prayer life? How many of us actually pray like that? I believe Jesus taught the disciples to pray like this is that because he was giving us a pattern or he was giving us the ingredients on how to pray. He was saying, hey, when you come into prayer, this is how you come in to pray. Notice the first line is this, our Father. Our Father is this. Our Father is a definition of the word our source. Is that when he says, hey, this is how you pray, come to him and proclaim God's authority. When you start prayer, proclaim God's authority. Proclaim who he is. Proclaim that he is your source. Then it goes on, it says, our Father in heaven. It says, it recognizes that the help that we need doesn't come from the natural realm. That it comes from a higher source. It comes from outside our natural realm right now. It's acknowledging who he is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallow be thy name. Hello is this, it's reverence. It's saying you're set apart, you're sanctified. You know, we, we start off in our prayer life proclaiming. Proclaiming who he is. This is why I love church and I love worship. Because when we come in, we're doing something so culturally different. So anti-cultural to the world. Is that we are here lifting up the name of Jesus. Where the world says, hey, lift self up. We're saying, no, we lift God up. We, we come in and we worship God. When we come in, we come into a place where we're putting God on high. We're declaring who he is. We're proclaiming his greatness. We're proclaiming that he is the God above all gods. Jesus was saying is that when you pray, make God's name holy by honoring all the attributes of his holiness. Such as love, faithfulness, integrity, and grace. You worship him. When we come in, we worship him. You adore him. You praise him. You magnify his name. You glorify him. His name is holy. His name is holy. How do we pray? How many of us have just been taught to pray like this? We'll just say something. Oh yeah, God, I just need this. Sometimes we wonder why prayers don't get answered is because all we're asking for is about self. When you look at that, it says, Our Father, our Father, who art in heaven. It starts by glorifying his name. It starts by coming into a place where we lift him on high. We live in a world that glorifies self. Putting number one first, 
So when it comes to prayer, it's a time where we lay down our desires, we lay down ourself and focus on our Creator. Focus on the Creator. We slip away. And, and this is, I believe, Jesus did. He, he slipped away just to be with the Father. The disciples saw this. You know, the disciples would have seen Jesus. He was there. He was casting out demons. He was preaching. He was doing all these things. They didn't ask on how to do that. They said, how do you pray? Jesus would spend like four hours in prayer for that one moment of casting a demon out. Yet all of us want to be there and we want to be the one that, you know, sees the hand of God move, but we don't want to be in the place where we're seeking the face of God. We all want the glory, but then no one actually wants. And so Jesus says, hey, this this is how you pray. This is the ingredients. You, You come to the Father first. You acknowledge who He is in your life. You acknowledge the source. You proclaim His authority in and over your life. Prayer is the act that acknowledges God for who He is. In doing so, it gives Him the right to move on your behalf. It gives Him the right to move on your behalf. The devil doesn't want humanity to dwell on this because it shines light and darkness and it stops him in his tracks. It shines light on darkness and stops him in his tracks. If you want to stop the devourer around your life, seek the face of God. Declare the authority of God. Declare who he is in your life. Go into a place and say, right now, devil, you have no, this is my God. This is who he is. I thank you, God, for being almighty. I thank you for being my Savior. I thank you for being my Lord. I thank you that you are holy, that you are sovereign, that the world sits in the palm of your hands. Start your prayer life on that. See what happens. See what takes place. The second thing I find here is that you proclaim His will. You proclaim His will. Is that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's about bringing heaven to earth. It's about bringing heaven to earth. A lot of people can't wait to get to heaven. I tell you what, I can't wait for heaven to get to earth. You know, getting to heaven is just about yourself. Bringing heaven to earth is about others. It's about others. It's about those around you. It's about being heavenly. It's about bringing the answer to them. A true person of prayer is not interested in his or her own kingdom. They are interested in the kingdom of God and what he can accomplish. I'm not interested in building little kingdoms. I'm interested in building his kingdom. I'm interested in seeing what he can accomplish on this peninsula. I'm interested in seeing what he can accomplish in this region through us together as we lift the name of Jesus. As we lift the name of Jesus. We should ask God these questions. Father, what do you want done? Instead of sitting there saying, God, this is what I need. God, what do you want done? What do you want to have take place? How do you want me to walk out this day? What are those words you want me to speak?
speak? What would you have happen on earth, God? Start asking the right questions when we come into prayer. Ask the right questions. I think of Jesus in Mark 14, 36. He comes to Jesus just as he's about to go to the cross. He says, Abba, Father. Again, he acknowledges who he is. He acknowledges he is the Father. He acknowledges that he is his source. And he says, all things are possible for you. Again, putting the authority back onto God. And then he says, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not your will, not my will, but your will be done. Well, God, it's not about me, but it's about your will. It's about what you want to accomplish. James 5, 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, let's read that again. What's it say? Pray for one another that you may be healed. Pray for one another that you may be healed. It doesn't say pray for self. But in a world context, it's like about us coming and saying, hey God, I'm going to pray for my healing. But I look at this and, and this really challenged me because it was like, well God, hey, maybe I've been praying wrong. I love it because I can pray for your healing and then I'll receive mine. As Jesus is just saying to him, you know, take the focus off self and put it upon others. Put it upon others. Pray for one another that you may be... Who wants healing in this place? Who wants a miracle from God for your own life? When was the last time you prayed for someone else? I love the prayer requests that come into this place. I love this moment. Do you realize during a service we lift up the name of Jesus, we praise the name, we put him on high, we declare who he is in our life, and then we come into a moment where Nancy steps up here and says, we're going to pray for these prayer requests. That's the ingredients of the Lord's Prayer almost, isn't it? Wow, Wow, it is. Without even realizing it, we've fluked it. But we start to declare, we start to pray as a congregation, as a family, we declare healing. We start to live out this scripture and we start to pray for others and then all of a sudden we receive our own healing because someone else is praying for us. We've come to a place and we put in our prayer request because we need a... We need healing in our life and we're like, you know what, I've been praying but something hasn't been shifting. Church, how about you pray for me? And then all of a sudden we get these prayer requests that come in, uh, these praise reports that come in by the hundreds of the goodness of God and how he's come through in individual lives because we've prayed. We've prayed. Pray for each other. If you have a need of healing... Pray for someone else first. If you have a need of healing, pray for someone else first. Who knows? They might get healed. 
they might get healed. I remember Layla as a young kid in preschool. She was a challenge. Just a little bit in preschool. I, I don't know any other preschooler that got sent to the principal's office and was on the mat and got a phone call in a Christian daycare, our daycare, calling the pastors saying, hey, your daughter is uncontrollable. Can you please come and sort her out? And Layla is brilliant. She is strong-willed. She is determined. She is a leader. And so, uh, for some reason, is that when they would sit down for story time, she would always turn her back on the teacher and look the other way. And they had some issues, but, but after a while, we, we worked through those issues. But, uh, but I remember one time where we were, we were talking to Layla about praying, and, and she really believes in prayer. She really believes in miracles. And, and one time at preschool, her teacher ha- had a sore back for a number of years. And there was this time where Layla just from... I don't know whether they were talking about it at daycare or, you know, maybe at church or in Sunday school, wherever it was, where she said to the teacher, she goes, I'll pray for you. So the teacher laid down and she prayed for her and the teacher was healed instantly. I think for some of us, we need to have childlike faith where we can just reach out our hand and just pray for those around us without feeling ashamed. I think as we get older, we start to become more reserved and we're like, I know you're God, but I'm just not sure whether I can just stretch my hand out. Just not sure. But we need to come to this place where if we're going to receive our healing, we need to reach out and pray for those others for their healing. The second thing is you proclaim his provision. Jesus chucks this thing in and he says, give us this day our daily bread. A guy by the name of Woodward Wilson said this. He said, in the Lord's Prayer, the first petition is for daily bread. No one can worship God or love his neighbour on an empty stomach. (laughs) Give us this day our daily bread. Bread. Notice again that it says, give us and not give me. Wow. Give us and not give me. I, I love that we, ha- we live and we worship the God of abundance and more than enough. Yeah. That it's not just about me and my needs, but it's about those around us. Yeah, Is that in this moment right now, we're, we're praying for bread, we're praying for food. We're not just praying for food, but we're praying really for the whole process that is necessary to make food. Why why would you just pray for bread? Now God's saying, no, 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 back, back back up, back up. You're praying for the process to receive bread. For some of us, we just pray for bread and then then it's gone. But I believe this is that God is saying, hey, pray for the process for bread to become bread, to be able to eat. In other words, take a few steps back and start to pray for how it turned up on your table. Start to pray for the seed, 
for when the seed is planted. Start to pray for the dirt. Start to pray for the tree. Start to pray for the head. Start to pray for the process. A lot of us, we just pray for bread, and then that's all we get. But I, I believe God's saying, hey, go beyond that. Go beyond that. Give us our day, our daily bread. Give us the strength to be able to make bread. Give us the wisdom to be able to do the right things so that we will prosper. God's, he's not just saying, you know, just pray for bread and watch it drop out of the sky. He's saying pray for everything. Pray that we have wisdom to be able to produce what we produce. And for some of us sitting here, we're like, well, I've never planted anything. I've never seen it grow. God's saying pray for those things. Pray for the seed. Pray for the soil. Pray for the oxygen. Pray for the minerals. Pray for the time. I'm starting to sound a bit new agey here, isn't it? <laughs> but what I'm saying is he's just saying, pray for the process. Yeah, pray. For instance, if you're in a job, pray for your work. Yeah. Pray for your company. Pray, pray for your bosses. Very good. Pray for all those things. So that at the end of the day, when you have food on the table, you've blessed everything. For some of us, we just bless the bread that is on the table. But I think we, believe we need to go beyond that. We need to go beyond that. Pray for the manpower that produces it. We are thanking God for what we need in our daily lives. Healthy environment in which things can grow and healthy bodies to do the work. In this prayer we should, should be one of protection and blessing for our daily bread. It should be one, a prayer of protection and blessing for our daily bread. Prayer and protection. Give us the wisdom to know what to do. We proclaim his provision. Luke 6, 38 says, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put back into your bosom, that with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. In other words, if you need bread, give it to someone else first. That's saying just don't focus upon self. Believe that there'll be more than enough for those around you. Give us our daily bread. Give us. The second thing, uh, whatever one it is, <laughs> proclaim his grace. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Whoa, do we have to go here? Jesus actually adds this one in. It helps to understand whether we are believers or not. If we believe, it helps monitor our spiritual health. This is the one that helps monitor our spiritual health. We are never closer to God or more like God than when we forgive. Have you ever thought about that? Than when we forgive. When he forgives or when we forgive, we are performing a function 
that has the origins of heaven. It has the origins of heaven. When we forgive, we are like the Father. Everyone's like, whoa. When we forgive, we are like Jesus who called out to God at that moment on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Who knows that? Is that when we carry unforgiveness, half the time the person that we carry unforgiveness against doesn't even know? Jesus, he died on a cross for people that probably didn't even know they were away from God. They had no idea that they had offended God. And yet sometimes we'll hang on to unforgiveness. And this is the thing is that unforgiveness will kill us before it kills someone else. And God's saying, hey, how about you just forgive? Forgive those, and as you start to forgive those, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. Andy Stanley, he says this, he says, we got it there? Grace acknowledges the full implications of sin, and yet does not condemn. The great exchange... The great exchange. Where God's saying, hey, you know, show grace and I'll give grace. His grace, we can't earn it. He's already given it to us. But what he's saying is, if you want to tap into it, here's the key. John 1.14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we behold his glory. And the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He was full of grace and truth, but then you go down another verse and it says this, it says, and of his faithfulness we all received and grace for grace. Grace for grace, the great exchange. Is that when we come, we proclaim the grace of God. If the grace of God has gripped our heart, we will show the grace of God to those around us. It becomes a testimony of what God has done in our life. It's that he has forgiven us much, and as we are forgiven much, we forgive those around us much. He said that to Peter. Peter came to him, questioned him, how how many times should I forgive? Seven times, 70 times seven. What? Really? Do you know how much that hurts? He's like, yeah, I know how much that hurts. Do you? Do you? Grace for grace. Grace for grace. Who are those in your life right now that you need to release? You need to forgive so that you can step into the fullness that God has for your life. that you can move into what God has for you and those around you. Spurgeon put it this way. These old school guys, they were hard. Unless you have forgiven others, you read your own death warrant when you repeat the Lord's Prayer. I was like, whoa. 
For a Pentecostal church, that's harsh. <laughs> Who wants to get saved off that? I'm like, whoa, that's an extreme. If you need grace, forgive someone else. If you want to see the saving grace of God in your own life, release it over someone else's life. Second last one is proclaim his protection. The Lord's prayer proclaims his protection. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It is a plea for help in achieving victory over sin and a request for protection from the attacks of the devil. Victory over sin. What are those areas in your life that you need victory over right now? Uh, I loved Nancy as she got up here and she spoke about it a little bit. About sin, the known sin, but I, I believe that every day we need to come before God and say, God, for the sins that I know that I've committed, but the th- sins that I don't know that I've committed. Lord, give me victory, give me guidance, give me wisdom to move on. At this moment, we're asking God to give us the wisdom and the strength to stop making bad decisions. That's what I find about sin and temptation is that really it's us just making the wrong decisions. I find it's us that have stepped out of the will of God. Because when we're in the will of God, we'll only do the things of God. But when we step out of the will of God, is where we fall down. When we fall into temptation, two things that are affected. The first thing that is affected is our relationship with God becomes murky. We start to find it hard to hear God because all of a sudden, sin has just come between us and God. It's like the relationship is broken. And God's saying, hey, listen, just come back to this place and get the relationship right so that we can communicate again, so that you can walk in victory, so that you can be a witness. So when we step into temptation, when we step into sin, our relationship with God is broken. But then also too, and and this is one thing that I, I hate seeing, is that our testimony is tarnished. Our testimony for Him. Because people start to look at what we're doing and they're like, well, if you're a Christian, why are you doing that? And they start to second guess who God really is because of our actions. And so it's a time where we come back and we say, God, you know what? Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I find this one is probably the hardest. Because really it's it's a time where we've got to make a decision in our heart that we just live for someone else. Where we live for Him 
But then also, too, as we're living for Him, we're living for those around us as well. And as we live for those around us, they'll see Him glorified in us. And then to wrap it all up, Jesus says this, For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. The last thing is we proclaim His faithfulness. God, I know you're going to answer this prayer. Therefore, I'm going to thank you in advance. I believe we live in a generation that really doesn't know how to pray. They've never taken the time to just sit down and work these simple ingredients, work this pattern. And you don't sit there and repeat it word for word. But it's just a guideline of how to come into a place of connecting. Jesus was saying to the disciples, hey, you know, this is how you pray. You, you come in and you lift up the name of Jesus. You proclaim who he is. You proclaim his authority. You proclaim his provision. You proclaim what he has done for you. You proclaim the greatness that is around you. You proclaim... You come into a place and you, hey, God, right now, I I proclaim your victory. But God, also, too, I, I know your word and I know that you are true and that you hear me right now. And I proclaim and I thank you in advance for the miracles that are going to take place. And so today I want to ask... I want to challenge you this week. Will you spend time in prayer? Will you pull away from the world? Will you pull away from social media? Will you pull away from those things and just spend a moment with God? With God in true prayer in true relationship so that we can see heaven come to earth. So we can see heaven come to earth in our lives, but more than that, in the lives around us. In the lives around us. Father God, I thank you that today we we could come and lift your name, that we could worship you. Lord God, more than that, I thank you that as we sit here today, that you are with us. That your presence is here in this place, that your spirit moves around this room. It touches the hearts of individuals. Lord God, today, I want to ask this question of, every individual in this place as the heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? As you sit here this morning, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And in your heart, if you 
you say, no, but I want a relationship. I want to know more about God. I want to speak to Him. I want to have a relationship. I want Him to speak to me. I want to walk with Him. I want to commune with Him. Today, while every head is bowed and eyes is closed, I want to pray for you. And so I know who I'm praying with. I would love for you just to raise your hand. Just quickly. Thank you. The two and three. Yeah. Four. Out the back. Anyone else? Yeah, I see that. Thanks. Yeah. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for those hands that went up. But God, the hearts that have turned towards you this morning. Lord God, I thank you that you came and you died on a cross. That you endured the pain for us. That you showed grace and mercy. And today, Father God, for those individuals that raise their hands. Father, I pray that you seal with your Holy Spirit their decision this morning to walk with you, to commune with you. Father God, we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give them a hand.